Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun, the author of Press Into the Power. I hope you're enjoying this music that we have. Uh, This song is called Miracle from Sylvia Jones' latest music project, which is available online wherever music is sold or streamed. Or you can reach out to her on her website, www.sylviajones.com, helping you experience God's presence through contemporary worship. Listen, uh, before we get started today, I want to bring you just a quick note from our sponsor, Distinction Inc. Do you need custom t-shirts or hoodies? Look no further than Distinction Inc. From screen printing to embroidery, Distinction Inc. provides high-quality apparel and promotional items with stress-free customer service. Distinction Inc. also provides competitive pricing, especially for nonprofit organizations and churches. If you have any upcoming projects, they would love to earn your business and exceed your expectation. You can request a quote by visiting www.distinctioninc.com. Distinction Inc. We deliver results that make you say, wow. All right, let's get ready for the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. Hey, hey, I'm back with another episode of your favorite Drive Time Podcast, the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. Hope you've already gathered your friends, you've already shot this podcast out to people in your network. I guarantee you it's going to be a blessing. Uh, I want to share some things with you from the standpoint of being a coach. One of the things I do is, as I'm a coach, uh, I do, I help people with executive decision making and leadership uh, transitions and helping people to realize self-efficacy and, and those kinds of things. So let's let's talk about today the paradigm for leadership. And I have a, a series, an absolute series. I'm probably going to take the time to put this in on the pages of a book, but an absolute series on leadership. And I'm looking at leadership because leadership is not rocket science. Leadership is consistent with the Bible and consistent with the life of Jesus. And I'm going to give you a snippet today. I'm just going to pull a a small epic out of scripture, uh, look at it, give you the context, then read it, and then just break it down in bite-sized chews. And and, and then here's the thing. If you're in any area of leadership, these patterns, this paradigm of leadership, pattern, paradigm, same thing, but this pattern of leadership transcends whether you are a teacher or whether you are a, uh, a principal or a C-suite executive or a pastor or a mother or a father. All of those stated forms of leadership, they're, they're different in their approach But the pattern, the foundation, the baseline for all of those leadership modules models is the same. And so we can walk these paradigms from one position to another. So if you're a pastor and you're listening to this or the principal of a school or you are 
an administrator on your job, this pattern of leadership, it applies to you all. But you don't have to stop there because if you're a parent or a grandparent or a guardian or, or an honored uncle and you're leading people, you, you lead a book, book study, whatever it is that you're leading, wherever you've been given the position of having a group of people look up to you and take direction from you, then you are officially leading. It could be one person. It could be your son, just a daughter. But the point of the matter is most of us have some role and some capacity at some level we all have to lead. And so these principles and these practices are golden. So let's get right to the text. Let's not belabor the point. But I'm going to try to um, hasten to, to get us to where we need to be so that we can hear the word of the Lord. So listen, I'm going to go to the book of John. And eventually, you know, I, I will walk you through a cross section of this and various passages because it repeats itself to a certain extent. But there's always something new we can grab. But understand this, because we live in a world where there's tension, where there's stress, where there's frustrations, where uh, we are crushed on every side, where we're perplexed in every area of our life. There's so much going on today. It's almost overwhelming. So then this story in particular is applicable to the life that we live now. We're going to make a hermeneutic transfer. We're going to, uh, using the science of biblical interpretation, we're going to show you how the life of Jesus and our current life in 2023 or whatever year you're listening to this, because problems don't leave. Situations and circumstances that stress us out do not dissipate. They don't go away. We go, uh, as one person said, we're in one storm uh, or we're going through a storm or we're coming out of a storm or we're headed back into another storm. But that is the consistency of life. But these storms help to build character. These storms help to formulate the proper mindset for storm management. So let's get through this process. Let's let's talk about this. We find Jesus here, section of the Bible. And I'm going to be reading from uh, John chapter 13, verse 36. And I'm going to try my best to get to verse 11 but uh, uh, in chapter 14. But we find Jesus on the verge of persecution, on the verge of his death, on the verge of several forms of betrayal, uh, I often share with people that there were more than one betrayal, the betrayal of Judas that's inherent in the uh, final narrative days and life of Jesus Christ prior to going to the cross. But just imagine being under this stress, being under this frustration, being under this consternation, as we say, being under the gun, being having this pressure on you and you have a choice. You can succumb to the pressure. You can think about yourself and what you're getting ready to go through. Or you can complete your assignment or mission to lead God's people. Because this is not a game. This is when we're raising our children, our grandchildren, uh, when we're guardians, 
that, that's an awesome responsibility. And too much is given, much is required, whether you have employees on your job, whether you have volunteer staff, regardless of the kind of staff, whether you're leading a board of directors, the point of the matter, it's not an easy job and it's not something that we should take lightly. So here's the reading. I'm going to read it for you. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him saying, where am I going? Where I am going, you cannot follow me. Not follow me now, but you shall follow me afterwards. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Now I want to stop and I want you to hear this. Peter was sincere. He really meant what he was saying. He had a good heart, but he didn't necessarily have a God heart. A good heart has good intentions, but a God heart has the equity of heaven backing it up. It is a heart that the Holy Spirit leads and guides to all truth and understanding. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives to follow the mandates of God. All right, so so Jesus responds to him. He said, he laid down his life for your sake. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I guarantee you this. I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. So here's his most faithful servant. And he says, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. You can imagine the devastation that Peter had. He is totally devastated. This is his mentor, his rabbi, his Abba, his spiritual father. And, and he's saying, man, you can't do what you think you're able to do. But then Jesus acts with compassion and he says, let not your heart be troubled. And he's talking, this is a dialogue between Peter and Jesus. And so he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. In other words, I got you. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now watch this. Watch the reassurance. Watch the confidence that he has, not in what Peter is, but in what Peter will become. When you're a leader, you can't see people for where they are. And I'll talk about this later, but you have to see them for what they're going to become. So he tells him, I'm going to bless you in essence, in spite of yourself. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. In other words, when you go with me, I'm going to bring you with me so that you get there safe and unharmed. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And then he goes on to have a conversation with Thomas and then another conversation with Philip. And it's a series of conversations, but the way he deals with them is such a tremendous blessing. It's such a tremendous asset because he he loves them unceasingly. He loves them. He speaks truth, but he's not trying to crush them. See, when you speak the truth to people, and even if you're a teacher, it's not about if the child is raising their voice at you, it's not about raising your voice back at them. It's about, as we want the police to do, de-escalating the situation, staying calm, sticking to the policy 
that has been formatted to deal with the situation and making sure that you get your point across by speaking the truth in love. A soft answer will always turn away wrath. Speak the truth in love. Let's go back. Let's go back and let's let's for a second. Let's digress. And I'm just going to start giving some points that we might leave here with some, how do you say it, patterns for leadership. Because we're talking about the paradigm for leadership. The paradigm for leadership, Jesus style. So let's examine the style of, of Jesus' leadership. His leadership is unselfish. Why do I say that? Because we said earlier, he had everything to lose. He was getting ready to go through the most difficult period in his entire life. He was getting ready to go to the cross. He was getting ready to die. This is his last supper. There are people sitting at the table, at least a person. Well, there are people that are sitting at the table that are going to betray him at various levels of betrayal. Some disappearing, others denying him, others kissing him and pointing him out to the Roman soldiers uh, and saying, this is the son of God. So there are varying levels of betrayal. He'll experience it even further during the course of the day. The court of Pontius Pilate not giving him a fair, justice, and equitable trial. He'll experience it again when the community, the Jewish community of whom he loved, says, give me Barabbas. There's betrayal and there's pain and there's hurt. There's an arduous road of disappointment that Jesus is about to encounter. And yet his love is for the people that God gave him and he loves them as, as John 13 1 says he loves them to the very end but here's what I want you to know the first principle of leadership that I'm going to talk about today at just when we set up the backdrop so is leadership is unselfish number one leadership is unselfish it's not about you so I know you're going through some things in your life but we have to not ungo through them, but we have to be able to compartmentalize some of the things that we're going through to continue to focus on what God has given us to do as an assignment in leading these people. So then watch this. The motivation for leadership is love. It must be love. The motivation for leadership is love. And we lead people because we love God. We lead people people because we love God for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son let's stop right there God loves the world people need leadership people are in the world so we lead people because we love God love God with your whole heart mind and soul love your neighbor as yourself people the people that we serve are our neighbors we have to love them as ourselves and we need to give them and provide an avenue for proper instruction for their own personal growth and their own personal development. So again, leadership is unselfish. If you're leading for your own self-aggrandizement, for your own uh, accolades, so that you can be pumped up, so can you can be told how great you are, so you can have an anniversary, or so you can do anything of those magnitudes, you're leading for the applause of people, that is error. God did not call us to lead so that we can get applause. God called us to lead because we love. Okay. Number two, 
And this is, I was working with one of my clients today, and we he came up with this one, and I love this. I just added it to the mix. Um, leadership is sacrificial because we have to sacrifice even if we don't want to. Leadership is sacrificial. So then I add this. That's number two. Leadership is sacrificial. But I add this. No greater love that a man has than to lay down his life for his friend. So when you're in leadership, we're laying down our life. Our motivations become secondary to the motivations of God. And in order to please God, we lay down our life. Right? Right? All right. We got that? All right. Number three, leaders are willing to do what no one else will do. Therefore, leaders lead by example. It is evident that Jesus is leading by example. No, these men are not always going to do what Jesus wants them to do. However, it's not about crushing them. It's about building them. So sometimes, watch this, you have to tear down something to build it up, but it's a difference between tearing down something to build it up than crushing it to get rid of it. Okay, we, we are tearing down with the intent to build up, tearing down the old and building the new. Are, are we catching this? Or, or if it's an old sack and we want to put new wine in, we have to dip it in the oil of anointing, dip it in the oil long enough for the, the oil to saturate the sack, give it its vitality back and then pour the new oil in them. So leaders have to understand this. And I, I probably should add this where, but where there's no relationship, there's no authority. So we have to spend time developing relationship. The reason he could talk to Peter and the reason he'll be able to talk to Philip and the reason he'll be able to, to talk to Thomas the way he does is because he has a relationship with them. And if you don't have a relationship with people, you can't talk to them any old kind of way. So if you love them, you're willing to take the time to establish a relationship of trust that will help build a bond between you all that when you say things, they know you're not saying it for yourself, but you're saying it for the betterment A of the organization, the betterment B of the, your relationship with them and for the betterment of the, the mandate of God that has been put on both of your perspective lives, a respective lives, okay? So leaders must follow the example of the compassionate leadership model, and that's a whole nother process, but you see all of the attributes of compassionate leadership in the first two, unselfish, sacrificial, uh, willing to do what no one else is willing to do. You can't ask people to do what you're not going to do. Leading by example. So if we're leading by example, we're demonstrating how it is that we want people to respond in a given situation. So watch this. Here it is. Peter is saying some things to Jesus that are incredulous. Uh, you know, it's like, okay, you're going to follow me. You're going to lay down your life. But I happen to know this before you're going to say, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. Okay. I happen to know that you're going to fail me as a servant or as a person who's under leadership before the end of the year. That's a given. That's a given. That's why we can't look at people where they are. So people will say and do things that are 
inconsistent with proper deportment or policy or, or if they're kids and we do stupid stuff when we're all kids because they have good intentions in their head, but they have not yet embraced the heart of God. And that is a heart of sacrifice, because a lot of times when you want to do something that is above and beyond, it calls for sacrifice. And if you don't have the heart of God, then you're not willing to make that sacrifice. You said you were. And it's the same thing we see with Jesus, with, with Peter. He said he was and he said he was ready to lay down his life. But that was in his head. That was not in his heart. And we have to be consistent about making sure we monitor what's in our head and 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 not uh speak from just a head mindset but our head and our hearts have to be married we need the heart of god to control the mind of men that's why we allow this mind that was in christ jesus to be also in us so we're constantly getting rid of the way we think but if you're someone that's under you they haven't made that transition yet and we as leaders because we're compassionate leaders need to realize that so we're not looking at them and saying, we expect you to be at point uh, D when you're only at point B. We need to, uh, and I've shared this before, celebrate point B and walk them to point C so that they can get the point D. But our leadership style has to be of such that we are treating them with an expanded capacity, with an expanded capacity, which leads me to the final one that I'm going to do today. Leaders, number five, leaders do not see the people that they serve as they are. They see them as they shall be. We call this prophetic leadership, prophetic leadership, seeing in the future. We see, we see you now, but we know God has more in store for you, that God has a plan for your life in spite of the captivity. God still has a plan for your life. So a leader must see the people that they serve in an expanded and enlarged capacity. That's why Jesus did not blow Peter out of the water. And I may not get to share Thomas and, and Philip today, but he didn't blow any of them out of the water because he knew that they were going to do great things in their own respective capacities. And so he tried to help teach them and not allow his own personal frustration or his own personal issues that he was definitively definitively getting ready to deal with to overtake the issues of being a compassionate leader, leading by example, showing love, and being the man of God that God have called him to be. You have been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I pray today that you will take these words and that you will use them in your daily life. And in doing so, you are going to influence the nations. God bless. Have a great week. Bye-bye.